It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite new features from one of my favorite colleagues, Melissa Ruggieri. It's called Mic Check, and it takes us behind the scenes with local musicians, talking to them about how they're spending their time in isolation. Welcome, Melissa. Oh, Shane, you're one of my favorite colleagues, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. But yeah, this is, you know, we've had to change the way we do all these things. It's, uh, you know, nothing is the same at the moment. Especially not in the live music. Yeah, yeah. And musicians are just like us. They're people, too, who have to, uh, you know, isolate in their homes and, uh, you know suit up to go get groceries and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's, and they're pretty bored <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, their, their lives are spent on the road and traveling and being in a different venue, 200 nights a year and doing all right. these things. And, you know, now like everybody else, they're just sitting at home, but many of them are fortunate enough that they have nice studios in their homes too, so that they're right. able to, if they're not doing some type of live streams, which we've talked about or concerts or, you know, online, they can at least record and create and do things like we're doing over technology with their bandmates and stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah. We've seen like in streams with bands who are, you know, in totally different parts of the world, even uh, like, who like can... your virtual concert in, in New Zealand. Actually, tell right. everybody about that for a second. Well, yeah. That's actually a cool thing. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting because it was the first concert um, experience I had uh, online where there were actual tickets. It wasn't like a Facebook live stream. It was um, a ticketed event. Uh, Nadia Reed, who is a wonderful singer songwriter out of New Zealand, uh, just released her third album. And she was supposed to be touring. In fact, uh, last Friday when I got up at 6 a.m. to watch her, uh, she was supposed to be playing in Brussels, Belgium that night. Um, But she did this whole ticketed thing on Zoom. There were about uh, three to 400 people. The original plan was for there to be 300. Um, And the, the response was so great that she expanded it to 
uh, somewhere between 350 and 400 I believe. Um, and there were various ticket prices. It topped out at about $15. It was, you know, very reasonable. So wait, what, um, were, the, what were the different ticket prices for? Because it's not like there's a VIP section. <laughs> no, no. It was basically, it's like sort of a, a pay what you can kind of thing. You know, she didn't want to leave out people who, you know, might might be suffering because of this pandemic, who might have lost their jobs or whatever. Um, so, you know, you had the option of, of paying the top price or a little less. Um so, but it was it was a wonderful experience. It was great, uh, and also some I, nice guaranteed income for her too. Because yeah. you know, even if people pay five bucks and you've got three, four hundred people, that's right. Like, you know, right. And as we know, you know, musicians make a huge portion of their living from touring because that's you know, the only re- place they make money now. Right. Record sales don't don't really do much for you. So right, exactly. I mean, I, I was talking to Ed Roland from Collective Soul the other day, and they were expecting to release a new album in May and then go on tour this summer and he's not really sure what's going on yet but he said you know before an artist would release an album and then tour to support the album now you tour and then release an album (laughs) just because the touring is the only thing that's bringing in the money i mean the the creating new music is really just a hobby for a lot of these bands at this point because people aren't necessarily paying money for them or buying them in any capacity whether it's online or you know physical copies or whatever but yeah but that's but that's 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 a really cool thing though and and to be able to experience something that's happening you know on the other right. part of the world is... yeah and it was it was a normal part normal time of day to to see a concert in new zealand it was like 10 o'clock at night but i had to get up at 6 a.m be here in front of the computer uh to watch it and uh you know it was it was fun it was great because it, it felt really intimate uh, but it, it was, it she sounded wonderful. They, they'd obviously taken care with, with how the sound was and all that. And she had, she had, a uh, I know she had coffee, tea and wine right beside her there. So yeah. And her, her husband, her husband was basically her sound man. And, uh, you know, you could see him in one of the other frames, as you know, from zoom, um, he was there and occasionally their dog. Um, so it was, it was a fun experience. And you know, something I think uh, we've realized too, we'll get to mic check in a second, um, but something yeah. I think we've realized with all of these various ways that performers are presenting themselves, whether it's the type of thing that you did, the live, a live concert or these TV specials, like the together, together at home thing that right. just happened this past weekend. And then the Elton John one from a few weeks ago, you're really getting to see who the talented people are because when you're sitting in your living room and you just have, you know, your spouse or your friend or whomever holding a camera and you've just got the microphone and the guitar, if you can pull that off, then, then you've got something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there are no, no fancy production tricks or, you know, studio effects or anything like that. You can't fall back on that. So, you know, you just have to fall back on the basics. And I think it's shining a light on, especially with some of the younger artists that someone like might look at a Sean Mendes, and say like oh he's you know he's a pretty boy and you know whatever but you know the kid's talented i mean he could play he could sing he's shown it a couple of times and again without any adornments and it's it's kind of a cool thing to see and i think once things get back to normal whatever that will be that i think we all sort of have a different perspective of how we view these musicians a lot of them now and and it'll, it'll also be interesting to see how many want to continue doing some form of online component even if they don't have to necessarily because maybe they right. built up this connection with fans this way. And, you know, cause uh, like, right. cause like something else Ed, Ed Roland mentioned too, he said, you know, meet and greets, ugh, not sure when that's ever going to happen again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. truthfully, because yeah. who wants to be in a room with 20 or 30 people you don't know. And 
shaking hands and, and all that. I mean, that's going to be a good yeah. year probably before we can't say anything like that. But, but back to mic check, that, that's really one of the reasons why I thought of doing something like this because, you know, we, we've all, anybody who works in the entertainment just in any capacity, whether it's, you know, performing or covering the performances, we've all have it and start to think of ways that we can, you know, the artists are thinking about ways how they can connect with people. And then I'm thinking about ways that how I can still bring their stories to people when I'm not able to go cover their live performances. And I always just start thinking, you know, all these people are at home. Like we just said, they're really, what are they doing? And, and I thought it might be interesting to tell our readers what TI is doing <laughs> while right. he's hanging out at home. And, you know, and the, the first person who came to mind and, and the person I talked to first uh, was Brandon Bush whom I've known for years and I finally did a big story on him this past December and he's Christian Bush's brother from Sugarland. And I just find Brandon one of the most sweet, endearing, talented, interesting, smart people who I've ever talked to and met. And I just thought, you know, just let me see what Brandon's up to and, you know, shot him a text and he said, sure, I would love to chat. And it was just really funny that the first person I talked to about this, he starts telling me this story about how he was quarantined for two weeks at the beginning of March, which, you know, you're listening and you're like, yeah, you know, it's happened to a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. Well, he had a different reason than most people. He had gone to Australia the first week of March to play keyboards for Rita Wilson. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and so he's at this show at the Sydney Opera House at Rita Wilson and he's back in the green room with Tom Hanks. And, you know, he's like, and I'm standing there going, oh, wow, I'm talking to Tom Hanks. This is awesome. And we're talking about Elvis because, you know, Tom was out there filming that the Elvis Presley right. movie. and. And that's, I guess, Rita figures she'd play a few shows while she was there. And he said, you know, I'm thinking my brain is going, wow, this is Tom Hanks. And he's such a great guy. And, you know, I'm shaking hands and everything. And he said, you know, I leave Australia two days later and I get home and find out, oh, great, <laughs> Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have tested positive. For right. So yeah. he, he was able to get a test quickly and tested negative. So he was okay. Right. But, you know, still, obviously, he and his family quarantined for the for two weeks in early March and he and Christian uh, run a studio in Decatur, so they very quickly shut that down to any public, you know, entry or anything because, mm -hmm. you know, they rented out a lot. And, um, you know, so he, you know, he was just telling me about working from home, doing, doing the types of things like we're doing right now. And, and you know, he, he likes it, but he was also a little frustrated by the technology in that, you know, he would record something and then have to upload it. And then Christian would, you know, pick it up on his end and add something to it and then have to upload that. And Benji Shanks, his guitarist friend of theirs, they're doing a new project called Dark Water. Um, you know, he would then pick up his end. And, you know, I mean, so it was like, the, it's, it's sort of like a piecemeal process. Right that they were so used to just being in the same room together. So, but, you know, he said it does sort of force you to exercise other, other muscles. So here, here's a little bit what Brandon had to say about, you know, what's going on while he's working at home right now. Now we've moved into kind of virtual creating right now. We're, uh -huh. Our main focus is Dark Water, which is our band. Uh -huh. So uh, that's been collaborative writing. So we've kind of explored the technology of how to, uh, how to be creative together, which is different than how to, you know, record a track together or mm -hmm. um, do something that, that doesn't require this sort of uh, um, back and forth. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, and it is painstakingly slow. I was just going to say, <laughs> is it something that, like we were all on a Zoom together or something like that? Or it's, it's no, it's it is it is using um, some technology to where, you know, I work on a session at home and kind of get it to a certain point and then uh, put it up online and then the Benji downloads it and plays on it. 
and he uploads it, and Christian plays on it, and then it comes back to me. And, wow, you know, yeah. Um, you need a lot of bandwidth for that. <laughs> well, and it's, what's interesting is that you realize how much you rely on social cues. Yeah. Um, on, on that sort of, we all edit each other, and um, you're, you're, you're just used to sort of like throwing ideas out there mm-hmm. and having some of them stick and some of them not. Right. I mean, you don't have your companions there to guide you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly you... everybody's idea is the best idea ever, <laughs> you know, and it's being recorded and kept. So it's a little more of a back and forth um, to kind of weed through stuff that maybe, maybe wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have made it in the studio that day had we been mm-hmm. writing. Who else have you talked to for Mike Jack? Well, I wanted to spread out the genres a little bit and not talk to just the you know people I talk to a lot. And T.I., actually, his people reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in talking to T.I. about what he's doing right now? I said, well, yeah, obviously, this would be awesome. I just started doing this, so this worked out great. And, you know, he was he was very funny. He just talked about watching a lot of Netflix, and we talked about Tiger King. That seems yeah. to be the thing that... Almost everybody I've talked to has watched and they've had different opinions of it. And T.I. said something like, I just want to say that if I ever had however many acres that Tiger King guy had and I had those tigers and I went missing one day, you need to check that tiger's stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that's where you're going to find me. (laughs) But, you know, he's enjoying being home with his kids. Uh, I talked to Big Boy last week and same with him. You know, I mean... So it's sort of like they're they're trying to not be frustrated with their lack of ability to go out and do stuff. But like Big Boy said, he's like, you know what? I'm past the point of going to the club and doing things like I used to do back in my youth. He's right. like, I'm actually happy to be stuck here at home with. He has grown kids. His son plays football in Oregon, and um, he said, you know, I it's great just to have them home, but. Big Boy is funny, too. He He's very much nature and animals, and he actually talked about how he wanted to get a tiger at one point, and then when he realized that they don't use a litter box, it was <laughs> off that whole idea. <laughs> I, I was sort of like, really? You thought that like, a tiger would use a litter box like like a house cat? <laughs> and he's got owls, too. He, you know, he has, he, he's always been into, you know, um, adopting owls and, and raising owls, and I was like, I don't know how an owl and a tiger are going to get along, so probably just as well he let that idea fall by the wayside, but you know, he said he's been spending a lot of time outside, like sitting on his diving board and just listening to nature and, and just kind of getting to, to chill a little bit, and he said they did also close down Stankonia studio fairly quickly too, but he had his interns given a bleach job. He said, you know, that place needed to be cleaned anyway. And if you've been in there, yeah, it did. So <laughs> probably probably a good time to to take advantage of right. not being able to, you know, be all the places that that we're gonna be. But um, you know, I've right. talked to yeah. I've talked I've talked to Michelle Malone also, who who is just a lovely, lovely person. And she and her wife have been doing a lot of stuff online and we'll hear from her in a second too, just about what she and Trish have been doing and and Trish, her wife, is a painter, and Trish has actually been painting roses every day that she reached, I don't know, I forgot the, the story exactly, like either someone reached out to her or she reached out to somebody on Facebook who had like a mom, you know, who they couldn't go visit, who you know, who was sick or something, and Trish said, oh, well, you know, let me let me paint them a rose maybe just to make them feel better or whatever. So she painted a rose and she sent, she mailed it to this person, and then somehow it just kind of took off, and now she's getting, you know, dozens of requests a day for people she doesn't know from around the country (laughs) saying like, you know, Oh, could you do a rose for my mom or, you know, for my grandmother or whomever. So, so she's been busy doing that. And she and Michelle have been doing a lot of joint um, type of online things where, 
you know, Trish will be painting in the background while Michelle is playing. Right. And, and yes, you know, so they found a way to stay connected with each other while also being connected to their fans. And, and, you know, they're doing the online stuff on a pretty regular basis. You can check out her website to find out, you know, when she's going to be on, because she said, you know, she does get people a couple of days notice, but she doesn't have like a set schedule other than usually on Saturdays. Right. She's doing something. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's always kind of a fun thing too. And I'm going to be talking to um, Mac Powell, who used to be in third day um, later this week. And Butch Walker, I, just happened to talk to you last week because he's got a new project coming out in May and it is phenomenal. It's called American love story and it's a rock opera. And you know, you hear rock opera and, and you think lots of things, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. he, he actually based it more on something that Randy Newman did back in the seventies. So it's, it's that type of a rock opera. Um, and it's, you know, he grew up in Cartersville, you know, he's lived out in LA and Nashville back and forth, you know, for years now, but his family is still here and he feels still very much like a Georgia guy. And the songs are just so lyrically sharp. And it's a lot about, you know, everything that's going on in the country now, you know, from a racial perspective, from a political perspective, from, and Butch has a way of couching things in sarcasm <laughs> so you, you don't necessarily know when you first listen is he being serious or is he like and he, he sings things from other people's perspectives too which is really interesting so anyway so we were talking about that and while I had them I just said like hey you know can we just chat real quick about what you're doing and my, my three basic questions for everybody has been you know how are you spending this time in lockdown uh, what do you miss about not being able to live life normally? And what are you listening to? Because I always am interested to hear what other musicians are listening to because, you know, sometimes you hear something and you go, oh, hey, yeah, I need to check out that album too. Yeah. Hadn't, hadn't heard it in a while. So Butch was really cool. And, um, you know, Brandon was great. T.I., Big Boy, Michelle, talked to Ed Roland this week. And I'm also going to be talking to the producer, Brent Cobb, and probably get Avery Sunshine back on the phone. I, I spoke to her for another story. Uh, Amy and Emily from the Indigo Girls are going to do a Zoom call with me to find out, you know, what they're up to because they have a new album coming out in May. So, right. you know, I mean, it's it's just it's just been kind of a fun way to to hear that everybody is kind of going through the same thing. You know, like we all keep saying, we're all in this together, yeah. and it's it's a little bit different when you stop and think that even the people who have a much higher profile or much more public platform than the average person does are also in it yes. together, you know, yeah. and are also just doing the same things like you and I have, like you know, going for a walk up at the park or you know, trying to get some exercise out with the dog and then right. spending their day, you know, trying to, trying to get something done. And, and yes, actually there's often been a fourth question, which is, do you have any advice for people of how to spend their time? And, um, you know, m most of them have said something along the lines of use this time to do those things that you keep saying you never had time to do. And that, that I, I've actually done that. I cleaned my office top to bottom last weekend. It took me both days, but yeah. need to be done. And, you know, for three years, I'm, you know, collecting dust going, I need to clean this one day. I need to clean this one day. And, right. and a lot of them are doing that too. Um, you know, Brandon, Brandon Bush is being a little more ambitious. He's learning some new software because he wants to, he was telling me he wants to transfer Beethoven's first symphony into this software. I was like, yeah, good luck with that, pal. Uh -huh. <laughs> But he could do it. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got the talent to do it. And you know, Ti just said he's trying to take thirty minutes a day. I think to just think, you know, try and do something that he hasn't done before and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it, it's it's serving a little bit of a purpose too, of maybe getting some ideas of how we can best spend some time that maybe hasn't crossed our minds. Of oh yeah, maybe I should look into doing that too. You know? Right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when you come when it comes right down to it, these people are are still 
some of them doing their job. If they're, you know, when they're performing online or, you know, recording or whatever, it's just like us. We, we're still working. We're just, you know, not in our usual spot or, you know, um, so they're, Right. Yeah, they're trying to uh, find ways to uh, to work and to stay busy and, you know, hopefully make a living. Um, that's another thing that, you know, the, the concerts, a lot of the streaming and all that, uh, you know, no one's paying for or whatever. But I've seen a lot of people, you know, trying to get folks to maybe buy merchandise and things like that, um, you know, help help them you know get through this because they're not making the money on touring so sure and, and there's so many levels of artists too you know like somebody like ti is probably going to be okay for a couple right. of months you know they've got other income coming in or whatever but then some of the smaller musicians who really did rely so much on touring this is you know the, they they need the help i mean they, yeah. they do and, yeah. and and they and they want to work that's the thing i mean they're not asking for a handout i mean they're they're saying hey i'm going to do what i've always done for you right. but if you wouldn't yeah. mind just, you know, paying maybe close to what you would always pay. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, most of the musicians, when they do these streaming things, they'll have, you know, they'll have a GoFundMe or, you know, PayPal address or, or whatever. Um, I know uh, another musician I'm very fond of, BC Camplight. He has an album coming out, I believe, next week. Um, and over the past almost a month now, I guess, he's been doing a Friday show every Friday at... Uh, well, 7 p.m. his time, which is 2 o'clock my time. He's in Manchester, England. Um, but it's sort of, it's become a ritual for me every Friday. I, I watch his show. And uh, it's fascinating. And, and it's been a way for him to, um, you know, to promote his album, basically. And also, he's doing the GoFundMe um, to help, you know, help his crew and his band and all that to, uh, you know, keep them paid since uh, they had to cancel a tour. You know, I wonder if people, artists who are releasing new new music now, if there are more people now who will buy their new music than they would have before if they have just gone to go see them play in a club. Because, you know, when you're when you're in that environment, you're not fully paying attention to, oh, yeah. this is my new song or whatever. You know, that's like when you get up to go to the bathroom for a lot of people. Right. Whereas when you're watching and listening in this capacity, you're you're riveted. I mean, this is this is it. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Naughty Reed, who I saw last week, she she mentioned that, you know, when her album came out, which was early March, um, at first she was like, oh, I can't believe that I'm releasing this album into this, you know, uh, this atmosphere, this world, uh, you know, what we're all going through. But then she said the more she thought about it, she thought it was the perfect time. Um, you know, she's, her music's very introspective. It's very, you know, uh, it's, it's rich, lyrically rich and, and all of that. And I think, you know, it, it rewards, um, contemplative listening. And I think, you know, maybe people being home like that, this, it's probably is a great time for it to be out there. And she said, she's heard from lots of people who found it a comfort. So, uh, there's that. And, you know, and actually now that you reminded me, Butch Walker actually said, kind of the same thing about American Love Story. He said, you know, I wrote this thing two years ago and I thought, okay, how am I going to tour it? Because it's not the kind of album that you could just pick two or three songs off of randomly and, you know, play in a set mm -hmm. with other stuff. You really have to play it here at front to back. And he, and he thought, you know, I don't necessarily want every fan who normally comes to my show might not want to sit there and listen to an hour of, you know, this thing front to back. So he was, he was really reluctant to release it because he didn't know then what he was going to do with it live. 
and then figured a couple of weeks ago, you know what? This is the perfect time. Let's, yeah. He's putting it out May 8th and he figured while people are home and now, now they actually have, the, like I said to him, like now people have time to sit and listen to right, the rock. Right. So, so why not? So yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it could be beneficial, you know, just from a practical standpoint yeah. <laughs> too of, of releasing the music and, you know, but, and, you know, and, and kind of, you know, moving forward to something else that I'm working on, um, just sort of what it, what is the music industry going to look like, you know, three, four months from now. And, you know, fall is when everybody seems to have moved a lot of shows and festivals to, and, you know, we already have some that are normally scheduled in the fall and September does seems like it's a long way away, but it's, it's not really. And when right. you think that now, you know, we're seeing things being canceled into June, where before it was, you know, April, and then we went into May and then the end of May. And now, you know, if things are not even going to resume until like say July, I, you know, are people going to feel comfortable going to hang out with 40,000 people at a festival in September? I, right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I, you know, I have talked to a few artists about it and, and some, you know, industry people, promoters and stuff. And it's sort of this great unknown for everybody. And, and I'm about to send out something on social media just to, you know, hear from some music fans and regular concert goers and, and how they would feel about it. And I mean, I know you weren't ne never really one, you were never really big on going out to big shows anyway yeah. <laughs> so for you this isn't going to make a difference but i mean but you would still go to like the tavern oh, yeah. or something like that would, would that would this uh, i mean how would this affect your thought process like even go to the tabernacle yeah it would I, I right now you know i can't foresee i mean i'm hoping that in september i mean i was hoping in in the fall to to take a trip over to europe and maybe catch some festivals actually you know, because they do some in the early part of the fall. Um, but, you know, I I don't know if they're even going to happen. So it's it's sort of up in the air. And, uh, you know, I, I would still love to go back to clubs. and uh, But it's just, it, it really is a great unknown. But would you be okay personally doing it? Like, say, say the European festivals were going to happen in the fall. Like, it, if you got the green light. <laughs> I don't know. Not at the moment. Not not knowing the things we know now, um, I believe that you know it, this. It, it's just going to have to be a wait and see thing to see see where this all goes. Um, it, it's it's really hard. It's a decision everybody's going to have to make at some point um, because you know we're, things things can't all can't go on the same way, um, and I think everything will be different anyway. But uh, you know it's just going to be um, as we get more information. We'll just all have to weigh that and see. I, I don't know. Right now, I, I would say it's going to be at least fall before I would even consider it. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in casinos normally, too. And they're talking about opening up by the end of next month. And we actually have a trip planned in June, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, too. But uh, one of the casino companies, Win was talking about having those digital thermometers, you know, when you walk in that right. any, any patron, you know, and then also to, to wear face, to wear a mask. But then in a place like Vegas, that could be a problem that you've got yeah. people in the casino wearing masks because, you know, that's a, that's yeah. a thief to do. Right. <laughs> and, and also gloves where you have no fingerprints. And right. I could almost see that at concerts also possibly being an issue that, you know, there, there's always that person who's going to want to take advantage of the situation and yeah. do something bad. And then right. you've got, you know, 10,000 people all with their faces covered. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a great safety thing right. from that standpoint. I mean, it might be safety as far as not getting sick or, you know, spreading the, spreading the virus even more. But 
I don't know. It's just, it's just such a, it's just such a weird, <laughs> such a weird thing to think about. <laughs> it really, it really is. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's just going to be a matter of the more information we get as the days go by. You know, we'll just all have to wait and see um, when we can go out again. You know, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see musicians again. We all do. I think the energy. I mean, I miss the. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I, I, I miss that feeling of when the lights go down. And, right. And you just feel that jolt. And yeah. no matter how long you've been going to shows, if you still love it, you still feel that. Yeah. And, and that you still don't really get just watching something online. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see the artist and it's nice to hear the music, but yeah. you're missing that, that zing that goes through a crowd. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, there's, there's something lost, but there's something gained in the online thing. But, but you know, you still don't have that, that energy of, of a crowd. And... Um, you know, that's one thing that we'll just maybe get back to soon. Sooner I than later, I yes. hope as well. So yeah, but 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 check out Mike Check. It's uh, yes. it's, it's always it's always on the Music Scene blog, and it's running in print a couple days a week. So uh, right. if you if you if you look at the Music Scene blog, you could also see the other ones that have already run. And then you know, I plan I plan on keeping this going for A, as long as there'll be people who will talk to me. Right. <laughs> I'm running through my contact list now. And then also, you know, B, as long as this seems like a, you know, a way of life for right. musicians, you know, until they really can get back out on the road and just to check in with them and see what they're up to and how they're doing. And, you know, again, what they're listening to and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for uh, talking to us about Mic Check and thanks for doing it. It's, it's a, I think it was a great idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I uh, hope everybody else enjoys it too. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience, and the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Up first, one of our new features is Community Cooks, where local folks share their stories of cooking during this public health crisis and share recipes. Sabra Cohen of Alpharetta's story begins with soup recipes her daughter Shiraz emailed her in 2014 and how the recipes are bridging the generations as her granddaughters learn to cook. The serenity and beauty of being in the presence of great art can't be replicated with a computer and a digital connection, but that's no reason to give up on discovering the work of talented up-and-coming artists. Our visual arts critic, Felicia Feaster, has some great suggestions on Atlanta talent to keep your eye on and where to see their work online. The dining team scores again with the Dish of the Week from Henry Hollis as he experiences takeout from one of the city's most acclaimed fine dining establishments. Lazy Betty just reopened for takeout this week, offering their own elevated take on comfort food. And if your hair's looking a little ragged from neglect and you're not planning to head out to a salon, we've got a guide on how to cut your own hair. No one wants to look like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber, so think and learn before you take out those scissors. And as a bonus, we have a story on how to trim your dog's hair, too. Coming up next week, keep an eye out for Melissa Ruggieri's look at the future of concerts and Rodney Ho's coverage of American Idol's shortened season with remote judges picking the winner from their homes.